may not have a film fixation, but we're here for a noir education. Welcome, dear listeners, to Real Education Noir. I am Melissa, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. Tanya. Tanya and Allie. Allie. So uh, we are a full crew today. Yes, we are. And uh, I'm very excited to show you guys Caged. (laughs) So ladies, what do we know about Caged? It's not Nicolas Cage. It's not Nicolas Cage. (laughs) It's not. Uh, I want to say there's a a psych ward. Okay. Okay. That's my guess. I know that Tanya's very excited about it. That's pretty much all I know. I think it's women in prison. Oh, That's why I thought it was a psych ward. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Because I, I was like, prison, psych ward. Somehow what? they mesh in my what? head, and what? I can't discern the two. Incarcerated women. Yes. <laughs> yes. Women, women behind bars. I'm so, so excited. Yes, this is a 1950 women in prison movie <laughs> written by a woman named Virginia Kellogg who based it on her book, which she wrote by uh, pulling some threads to get herself incarcerated in a women's prison to study it. And so this movie is pretty much just an almanac of what she saw. So it's like Orange is the New Black Noir? Yeah, kind of. Nice. The New Noir. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all day. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very good. So uh, I'm I'm excited to show it to you guys. So, dear listeners, uh, please go find a copy of this movie and watch it. It's fantastic. I've seen it before. Um, I really enjoy it, and I think these guys will too. So you should go see it, and we will be back in a moment to discuss it. So, ladies, <laughs> what do we think? My soul hurts. <laughs> I want to kill a lot of people. I know, I know. But it was good, but... Oh, fuck. It was... The problem is it was so plausible and nothing has changed. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, if not gotten worse. Like, yeah. I just... Oh, Aww. God. And having kids, the... Yeah. Oh. I just... Oh, fuck me with a stick. Like, it just... <laughs> it was really, really heavy. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. It is a heavy movie. It was I mean, fantastic. I, but... Oh, God, Agnes Moorhead was acting the shit out of that. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's one of her more subtle roles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Fuck. No wonder they got Best Supporting Actress nominations and winning and... Yeah. Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, dear listeners, when the movie ended, there was just this uncomfortable silence yeah. in the room. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh my god, did I, I offend someone? No, no, it, it no, is a No, it just... <laughs> wow. Because, like, it... Oh. And there was the whole point... Because the, the, the nice ladies who want to come in and help everybody at the end, and she just stares at them, and it's like, yeah, honey, you could be mean about five seconds flat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My sister's gone to prison. Yeah. Her six, five foot eleven ex-husband abusive fucker 
got her arrested. She's 90 pounds wet for domestic abuse. Jeez. So this was really... Uh, yeah. Mm. I have feelings. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but I mean, God, that was brilliant. Like, I just... It's... It, it felt like the snake pit to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a reason why... Because I, 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 it's just... There's so many factors working against this one woman. Mm-hmm. And so many people who just don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the parole board, they didn't even look at her for a good two, three minutes. Yeah. And nothing she said made a difference to these fucking guys who knew her from Adam, and they were in charge of her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just like just like life is now. A bunch of old white dudes are deciding who's the fate of women. And then the curiarchy, represented by the matron, Miss yeah. Harper, who's just like, well, fuck you. I need all the power I can get. Her death was the most satisfying. Oh God, I know. Oh my God, fuck, fuck the bitch. Oh my God, she is so. I mean, she is so evil. I mean, she's mm. cartoonishly oh, evil. God. And yet, you know, people like that exist. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, they, oh. You know and that's, that and that's without the overt lesbian rape. Right. Which I'm sure was in there somewhere. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep swearing. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those kind of films where you just... The, like, yeah. The stream of consciousness afterward is like nothing but like words that you can't say on primetime television. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just... And you can only say... Words you can only say once to keep your PG-13. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and I mean, like, I liked it because it was so intense and impactful and the acting was fabulous mm-hmm. and the way they were shot and it was really really important yes yes that's that's the other thing is like the message was very important it was it was like watching one of those when you watch a documentary that you're like this is killing me inside yes. because this is happening to real people it had that same impact yes. even though i'm like this is a film this is a film like but somebody did real research to see that this stuff was actually happening. Uh, again, like the yeah. snake pit. Like yeah. it just, and it's that oppressive, like there is no one bad actor. It's all these things that just incrementally pile mm-hmm. up and you cannot unbury yourself from the reality of, of, of what happens. Yeah. It's, it's the death of a thousand cuts and it, oh. and the, the, um, the movie is so remarkable in so many ways. First of all, like an almost entirely female cast. Yes, yes. And they're Thank all God for that. And, and they're basically playing almost all these criminal tropes that you see over and over and over mm-hmm. in male prison movies by mm-hmm. this time. But you know, with that little edge of here's the reason why we're here. Yep. And. There is a lot of sympathy given to these women, even though they are mm-hmm. criminals. And they, you know, like the the old seventy year old woman at the end is like, "I've done everything, including murder." Yeah, <laughs> it's just. But it and it's such a unique uh, view of criminals from this time period. Yeah, and, well, and I th- I find it interesting how criminalized being a woman is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they're talking about like, oh, well, the first time he beat me, mm-hmm. I hit him and I missed or like I just grazed him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they let me go. 
The second time he beat me, it is just like she was, you know. She was trying to defend herself. And yeah. eventually she just shot the motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And, and even even the women who, like, they, they were like, oh, you couldn't even get off in self-defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just. Insane because that shit is so prevalent still. Mm. Yeah, so many of them. It's like this is the way they figured out how to deal with their world. Like, like I can't work. Like even when they were talking about dead time, dead time was literally the parole board would not let you out, even though you were done serving your time, Mm -hmm. until they deemed your living arrangement appropriate. Yeah. These men who knew nothing about your situation had to approve who you were living with, what kind of job you had, if you if they could find one for you. Mm-hmm. And the limited scope of what the women were allowed to look for as jobs that would be considered respectable, no wonder they recidivate or recidivism. Yes. Because what what the fuck? If I can't get a job, I'm gonna go hook. And if I can't, you know, then I get picked up for hooking and then I'm in prison for being a prostitute. Yeah. Like there's no there's nothing that they could do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, you see the same cycles with men's prisons as well. Yes. It, but there's that additional layer of sexism, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the 1950s. I mean, oh, it's still Jesus. there today, but it's, I mean, this is right after World War II and women are starting to, started to be, you know, that whole generation is going back into the kitchen as the men have come home from war. And so... It, it's just so steeped in sexism, yeah. and yet playing against this incredibly atypical movie where it's all women in these just really bravado, super melodramatic roles, and they have... You can tell every actress in there is just yeah. grabbing onto that yeah. for dear life. Oh, but it's it's worth it for the yeah. acting. I, I also so I felt more genuine as far as how women are portrayed. Yeah. Like, I I know you mentioned while we were watching that it was written by a woman. I yeah, think? yeah. Virginia Kellogg wrote, uh, was the LA Times reporter who, uh, she yeah, like she basically pulled strings to get herself incarcerated so she could study what women's prisons were like. And the, the book that she wrote, um, if I remember right, it was called Women Without Men or something like that. So definitely she was going full on for the, the unique sexism right, angle right. that happens in women's incarceration. She, she won an Oscar for the screenplay. Um, she also wrote the story that White Heat was based upon. Oh. So if you watch this back to back with White Heat, there's a lot of similarities in what these stories yeah. are. So yeah, uh, so definitely it it helped to have a female writer who actually yeah. saw this stuff happen. Well, and and the way the women were allowed to interact, I mean, yeah. like the the male gaze aspect that you usually get in movies mm-hmm. was sort of flipped on its back. So like you realize these dudes are looking at her a certain way mm-hmm. because there's so few dudes in the picture to look at her that way. Mm-hmm. Most of the time she's just being looked at by other women. Mm-hmm. And it was very like, I think they even changed the camera angles and stuff when they, when they did her parole scene. Yeah. So it was like slightly off kilter. Like you were very, I was very little, aware. Little Dutch, ang- yeah. little Dutch angle there. Yeah. yeah. Like I was very aware of like, this is a skewed vision. Like this mm-hmm. is, it was, I felt it was. They're different. not seeing her the way that literally everybody else around yeah, her is seeing exactly. her. Yeah, exactly. And all and also, I mean, stepping outside of the movie and watching it, um, it's so different from 
women in prison movies later, which are all about male gaze. About chicka wow wow. Yeah, exactly. And and this is extremely sympathetic to these characters. And the women, uh, the actresses are allowed to be ugly. They're mm-hmm. they're allowed to not be perfect and quaffed like, you know, mo- a lot of the movies you see yeah. women in in the 1930s and 1940s. Well, and I'm it, sure and they straight up shaved. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. I'm sure having <laughs> her Parker's come out with that with that I mean, she looks bald because she's so blonde, mm-hmm. but at that to, in a in a mainstream movie of the time had to be super shocking. And it's mm-hmm. Eleanor Parker yeah, with yeah. a shaved head. Yes. Incredibly shocking. That was really powerful. Mm-hmm. How <sighs> freaking amazing was her performance? In yeah. That yes. I mean, yes. seriously. Eleanor Parker is a brilliant actress. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. She, she was in, uh, well, she was the Baroness in Sound of Music, but, you know, that's probably what she's best known for. Yeah. But she's a fantastic actress. She's She was in Detective Story of Human Bondage, the uh, 1946 version, ah. and uh, The Man with the Golden Arm, which we're definitely going to watch at some point. Um, she was called the woman of a thousand faces. Uh, mm-hmm. she was probably a little hampered in her career because she was really dedicated to the art of acting. You know, she was kind of like Agnes Moorhead. Oh, sure. she was really interested in getting really diverse roles and playing strong women. And this role is amazing to watch her in be- just because she has such a breadth in how she starts and how she ends that mm-hmm. role. Just watch, watching her walk in, you know, being kind of tiny and mousy, and then by the end, she's just hard as nails walking out of prison. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's amazing to watch. Part of me really wanted her to just walk by the dudes and not get in the car. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I think that would have been the I ideal. Been the the That she was so hardened that she would do that. Yeah. That mm-hmm. she would go to the, the big... Yeah, that she said, crime fuck, lady, and yes, then be like, fuck you, crime get me, lady. Get me out of here, and then thanks for the offer. I think I'll pass. You yeah. Know, and mm-hmm. just, just walk right out, you know? And of course, that probably would have caused other issues. Right, but, of course. Yeah. But, but, that but still I just, that's been so really... what I really wanted. Yeah. But I that wonder, would have made a hell of a sequel. I wonder if right. that's. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eleanor Parker versus the mob. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Oh. Yes. <laughs> Do you know the bird lady from Mary Poppins was in this? Oh, God. <laughs> Grandma Walton. <laughs> I missed that. I yeah. totally missed that. Um, yeah, Hope Emerson is uh, a lot of times the people, the the, the role that uh, uh, people kind of pick out of this movie, the uh, the the uh, matron. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's the, the giant lady. <laughs> Uh, yeah, her name's Hope Emerson. She was also in Adam's Rib, and she was also mother on Peter Gunn. Ah. Ah, yeah. She was six foot two. Wow. Just this enormous woman. Uh, she's from Des Moines. Um, and, you know, when she graduated school, she went out to New York and became, became a vaudeville actress. So she came out of vaudeville. This movie, Caged, was her star maker, um, and, uh, it got her an Oscar nomination. Uh, she was in several worlds, but uh, unfortunately, her her career was kind of cut short because she passed away in 1960 of liver disease. Oh. So ten years after this, but she never married. She had no kids. You know, she just was this tried and true vaudeville actor who eventually went Hollywood. And it's interesting watching her performance, knowing that because, you know, like I said, she's playing almost a cartoon villain, and you can see in her face she has almost that comedic. Mm-hmm. Exaggeration to her. She's very good at mugging. Yeah, yes. very good at mugging. And you know, of course, 
Agnes Moorhead yeah. <laughs> acting her socks off, mm. as she always does. Uh, Agnes Moorhead, who was the... Um, superintendent. Superintendent. Yes. Yeah, that's the proper name. So, of course, Citizen Kane. She was in Citizen Kane briefly. Uh, Magnificent Amberson. All That Heaven Allows. Douglas Sirk. She worked with Douglas Sirk. Um, she was in one of the best episodes of Twilight Zone. The one with the little tiny astronauts. Oh! Yeah! That is a good one. Yeah! I forgot she was in that. Yeah, and, and it's pretty much just her the entire episode is just her being terrified. Um, and that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Endora unbewitched <laughs> with that fabulous eye makeup. Yeah, I think she needed the eye makeup to get her, to get to get past the commissioner, because so, nobody fucks with Endora. So she went into the prison with, like, okay, we need a makeover. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, ladies, help me out. Help you. Yeah. <laughs> help me help you. <laughs> But yeah, she's she's just fabulous to watch in this, just because she's so understated, and then she pulls out all the stops when she's mm-hmm. you know trying to get the uh, the matron fired. Mm-hmm. Um, the other actress that I picked out that I always love, she's she seems like more of a character actress, but she's done tons of shit. Um, Ellen, is Ellen Crosby? Yeah, Corby. yeah, Corby. Yes. I can say it right. Grandma Walton. Yes. yes. <laughs> like Hazel. I remember for her from Hazel. <laughs> like, which is, I, I, I just do. <laughs> she was just delightful to watch in this film. Because yes. she kind of, she provided the levity. Yeah. When yeah. it was sorely, sorely needed. Oh, God. Yeah. I really liked it because she set the tone, like, right away. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the film with, she just wanders in, yep, I'm back. You know, it's, hey, mm-hmm. how are you? Yeah. You know, hey, girls. Yeah. You know. It's like everybody knows who she is. It's fine. <laughs> and Jan Stur- Jan Sur- Sterling, I can talk. She was good too. As as the she had the the classic um, what is it, New York is it Brooklyn accent? I think Bro- that is it. Like oh, I can develop a cough. <laughs> <laughs> All I could think of was oh my gosh, it's Harley Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> she had the little pigtails. I know. I know. Too. I know. I was just like. I like this. This is my new fan casting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's done. She was. She's done stuff too. Mm-hmm. She was very Adelaide, wasn't she? Yes, yeah. she was. It was. It was adorable. Like she was like the sweet one. I think. Like, yeah, she seemed she like the nicest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my old lady keeps writing me. My, my <laughs> I kind of wish she would graduate without me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and oh, what was the other thing that made us laugh? The oh, I hit him. With an oar in my hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hit him again and again. Did you still have the oar in your head? Well, yeah. <laughs> Why well, did you keep hitting him? Because he wouldn't stay down. Yes. <laughs> that was great. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And, you, just, you can, and, wow. and pretty much every woman in this cast, you could just fall deep down the rabbit hole on trivia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kitty, Kitty's character, I think. Yeah. That was hard to take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, she just... Yeah, and her, I mean, her rival sets her up and then immediately regrets it. She's like, yeah. oh, shit, if I'd known it was going to be that bad, I wouldn't have done any of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she, uh, she, they put her in solitary and beat her and just, she's gone. Mm-hmm. She's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. That is a person who no longer exists. She's mm-hmm. a walking zombie and just fuck although although she's in there somewhere because you know yeah. obviously you know when she picks up the fork <laughs> oh, something gosh. left she's in there long enough for that yeah 
It's, I am such a basket case and you're just going to keep making it worse. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm done. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of devolved into an animal, but... Yeah. But well, and she's still fighting for her own survival. We still use fucking solitary confinement in all over the goddamn country. Yeah. It is psychological torture. They use it to torture people. Yeah. Yeah. It is not how you rehabilitate someone. No. Mm-hmm. It's... Oh, fuck. Sorry, I'm getting angry. That's again. a different oh, no. podcast. We could get into. Oh, we yeah. totally could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and it's interesting. I mean, um, one of the movies that is kind of pre- pre- um, considered to be like proto noir is "I'm a Fugitive in a Chain sure. Gang," and there's this whole string of prison movies. Kind of started with "I Am a Fugitive from a Chain Gang," and that movie. Along with a lot of its, uh, the ones that it spawned, they're all very focused on prison reform. Mm-hmm. And if I remember right, there was actual legislation that came out of that first Good. movie. So it, it's interesting uh, seeing this. There, there's kind of this history over that 20 years mm-hmm. and pro- probably extending beyond that a little bit where all these prison movies are just very, uh, very concerned about the prisoners and it and it's so interesting that you know once uh kind of the exploitation genre kind of came up it kind of got swept up into this just pure exploitation well, and i i think too the same could be said for for um like the snake pit and mm-hmm. um cuckoo's nest yes Whistle over the cuckoo's nest yes because yes. i think both of those they actually went in and looked I don't know if there was legislation that came into it, but mm-hmm. it was a very, like, the public became aware that this shit is kind of fucked up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah absolutely. I wish more, you know, had come of movies <laughs> like this, so they weren't still as relevant as they are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's funny to me. I'm not surprised that I got it mixed up with a psych ward versus a prison. Well, it's very, very similar. Yeah, because when you're institutionalized, you're institutionalized. Mm -hmm. Well, and generally when they they talk about women incarceration, it's, well, they're crazy. Yeah. You know, if if a woman committed it, she's got to be nuts. Yeah. You know, or whereas men just do this sort of thing, right? Uh, well, yeah, that's just which normal. Is, they just have testosterone. It's yeah, fine. it's it's which just is, they're just getting yes. their anger oh, out. I mean, that's how they express <coughs> themselves. Whereas women have to be insane to show anger or anything that's yes. not motherly and nurturing and quote unquote yeah, feminine, which, which are both wrong. Yes, Let's make yes, that clear. yes. <laughs> very, very, very wrong. This is, this is very hashtag why we need feminism. Yes, um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's just that's that's usually what it is when we're mm-hmm. looking at films where women are in prison. It's not women are just in prison. It's no women are in the the psych ward because they're nuts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I cannot watch the Snake Pit after watching this one. <laughs> uh, but we'll let that one rest for a while. Okay, I, okay. I mean, we'll eventually get to the Snake Pit. Oh, as, good. As well as because shock- I love it, but mm. it gives me the same feels as this. It's yeah. just yeah. As well as Shock Quarter, we need to do that. Ooh, one. I haven't mm. heard of that one. Mm. Samuel Fuller. It's really good. Uh, but. <clears throat> Let's back see. to this movie. <laughs> back, to the, back to this movie. Back to this movie. Um, I've got some trivia about Agnes Moorhead. Yay! Because she's a badass in real life. <laughs> well, where to start with her? She was the daughter of a Presbyterian minister. And um, if I remember right, they, were, they moved to Wisconsin and she was brought up there. But she, when she got to college, she, she got a bachelor's in biology 
She got a master's in English from the University of Wisconsin, and then a doctorate of literature from Bradley Universe, University. Nice. Wow. Um, she taught public school in Wisconsin for five years, and then she headed off to Paris to study pantomime with Marcel Marceau. Well, boy, <laughs> just because. Because... Because that's what you egg, do. Egg is more you're a badass. Yes. Uh, in 1923, that's when she started doing radio. She started out as a singer, but then uh, became a, a radio serial actress. And eventually she started working on a show called The Shadow. <gasps> yes, in 1937, which is where she met Orson Welles. Oh. And through their friendship, they partnered with uh, Joseph Cotton. Hmm. And they were charter members of the Mercury Theater Players. Huh. And that's eventually how Citizen Kane happened. <laughs> and so uh, the, the early chain of Orson Welles' films were all kind of these, these actors that all assembled around him, including um, uh, Everett Sloan and uh, I'm trying to think of a couple of the others. But I mean, the big ones are Joseph Cotton and Agnes Moorhead. But she always loved radio even though she was obviously fantastic in film she was so great that when she signed with mgm for the first time she had to put into her contract that she could still continue doing radio wow yeah she was also involved in war of the worlds because why not (laughs) um and of course when she hit big in hollywood she also did broadway so she had her hands in just about anything did she get an egot no they wouldn't have they wouldn't have had emmys back then would they well no. no I bet she would have gotten. She it. was nominated for Emmys for Bewitched. Yeah. So, but I don't know if she actually got one though. I don't know. I don't think she did. Darn. I'm. I think she got a Tony no, she or something. She wouldn't have gotten a Grammy then. Well, I don't know. She. If anybody should have gotten an EGOT, Agnes Moorhead right. should have gotten an EGOT. Right. Oh, and I suppose for people who don't know, an <laughs> EGOT is an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Mm-hmm. When you win them all. It's like bingo. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> and, and without a Grammy, it's the triple crown. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there are many people with either of those. Yes. Yeah. So she also, um, she was the first person to co-host, first woman to co-host the Academy Awards. Wow. Alongside Dick Powell in 1948. And um, she was devoutly religious. She'd usually come to set with the script in one hand and the Bible in the other. She died of cancer. Um, I can't remember what year, but she was involved with The Conqueror, the movie with uh, John Wayne playing Genghis Khan, which which was filmed on an atomic testing site. And pretty much every actor who worked on the movie died of cancer. So she was one of the people who worked on The Conqueror, sadly. But it was 74, by the way. 74 for the According company? to IMDb, yeah. she died in 74. Oh, okay. That makes sense. She was 73 years old. Yeah, she was uh, pretty well established by the time she got two movies. Yeah. Yeah. As well, she should have been. By the way, The Conqueror is a terrible fucking movie. <laughs> oh. It's horrible. I've actually seen it. It's one of the most legendarily bad films. <laughs> and it killed everyone. Oh. Ouch. Yeah. That kind of hurt my soul more, actually. Yeah, yeah. It, that just hurts. But at least she got to a good old age before, yes, she, yes. before she was <laughs> irradiated. Before, before the revenge of the conqueror, apparently. Uh, yeah. All right. To back it up, we'll uh, also talk about the director, John Cromwell. 
he's not heard about a whole lot today, but he was really well regarded in this era. He was, um, he, he passed away in 1979, which is probably part of why we haven't heard much of him since. But he was a Broadway actor who came to Hollywood with the sound era. And uh, he he did some bit parts, and then he quickly moved into being a director. Like, within his first couple of years of being in Hollywood, he mm. started directing. Uh, he directed a movie called Ann Vickers in 1933, and he did the first of Human Bondage, which uh, was 1934 with uh, Leslie Howard and Betty Davis. And he did Prisoner of Zenda and this. And a lot of those movies that I just named are also really, really feminist in a lot of ways. Uh, like uh, of Human Bondage. Oh, yeah. He he ran into big problems with the censorship board with that one. But uh, Betty Davis, the original script was like uh, Betty Davis was playing a prostitute who comes down with syphilis and they had to alter the script to she wasn't an actual prostitute and she had tuberculosis <laughs> because disease movie because of <laughs> and and vickers yeah. and vickers was about um uh, it stars irene dunn but uh the original script was and vickers was a birth control advocate having an extramarital affair and they also had to back that script back like she was unmarried and rather than having an extramarital affair but anyway he he's this director who seems to repeatedly get involved in these um these sorts of situations um also he was the father of james cromwell oh you know babe oh yeah okay, okay. you know yeah yeah uh not babe uh the he was in babe no he was in babe but i He's 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 the creator of the warp drive to me. He is the creator of the warp drive. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he was also in LA Confidential and, and all those other things, but I, I, I think of him as uh, the babe guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, John Cromwell, uh, he was president of the Screen Directors Guild in the 1940s. He was the host of the Academy Awards alongside Bob Hope in 1945. Like... A lot of people in this era, he was blacklisted for like seven, eight years. Um, while he was blacklisted, he won a Tony Award for <laughs> acting in Point of No Return. <laughs> so, you know, interesting guy. Interesting guy. But yeah, this whole project is fascinating, involving fascinating people. Yeah. It's, wow. I'm going to have to chew on this movie mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. I still hurt. <laughs> It'll be okay. We'll get pizza. Okay. No, we will. We will. Okay. Or Chinese food, whichever. Or, or chocolate. Oh, hey. There's a thought. Okay. I think I'll be okay then. Okay. okay. Good. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so Agnes Moorhead should have, you know, gotten chocolate in and everything would have been fine. Well, no, they had chocolate. The problem oh, was right. that the, the Harper, the matron kept probably taking it away or... Well, yeah. she was a big lady, you know. She had to yeah. take an extra. She had calories. to fuel just herself to... somehow. Yeah, she's just she's a tank, man. No, she. Do, have you guys ever read the book Matilda by Walt yeah. Dahl? No, yeah. it's it's about she's the trunk. She's oh. truckful. <laughs> oh, there's there's oh a, a, a headmistress of a school. Okay. Who? Oh my God! If Walt Dahl saw this movie, I would not be surprised if, if the headmistress rates. was based on that character. Yeah. It's it's entirely possible. She's just oh. she's impossibly tall and built like a linebacker, and yep. just the meanest bitch. This 
that a school ch- child has ever seen. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and yes. 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 Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. I love the way John Cromwell treats her on screen. Because yeah. John Cromwell's not a flashy director. He's no. really reserved no, was, in his style. It was very subtle, but I, yeah. yeah. But, but every once in a while, you know, like he'd move the, the camera down and look so up at her. So she's really just looming. Yep. Panic. Yep. Yeah, I didn't realize quite how tall she was at first because mm-hmm. when we first are introduced to her, she's seated. Yep. And you don't, and you still don't get the the scope of it at first. You're like, okay, well, she's standing next to somebody who's a little bit shorter, and then you start seeing her next to every other woman, and she's still yeah. towering over every other woman. Like all the women are shoulder height at best. Yep. She is just an Amazon. Yeah, 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 and. I, I'm fascinated she wound up on film. I mean, the, the fa- I mean, she's yeah. a character actress, yeah. clearly, yeah. right? But you know, the, the she has the the face only a character actress can have, which is a fantastic, yeah. Yeah. goddamn, oh, fantastic, very expressive, mm-hmm. and you know, definitely not you know like conventionally beautiful or anything. But mm-hmm. you know, you can tell that in the movie she was definitely made up to be. Oh yeah really unpleasant yeah because she had the the unflattering hair and when she walks in with that dress oh, oh that the, is the worst dress oh god with the fluffy with, thing you could oh that is like the the worst of the early 50s yeah oh yeah and, and, and they even make that comment yeah, when she's dressed like, up and they're she, like if that's what women dress like now i'm glad i'm in here yeah it's yeah. like well the guy i'm with happens to like the way i'm dressed it's like it's oh like, Boy, <laughs> I yeah. I bet there's some sort of fetish thing going on there. I mean, oh, yeah. I bet, you know, if she was around today, she'd make a mint as a dom. You know, oh, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Eh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I would I would love to see what she would do in film today with all the different yeah. standards. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that I'm that I'm thinking as I'm watching this is like if this film were made today by a not feminist director, yeah. It would just devolve into lesbianism all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz like there's even even in this scene where Kitty's trying to convince Marie to to join her like her shoplifting gang mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, you're in here too long. You don't want to look for guys anymore. Mm-hmm. And just the that was as close as they ever that got was to as yeah. close Which as they came to being blatant. But I I saw like if it were remade today, the first time they bring her into the matron's room, yeah, and the matron's kind of looking her over, yeah, mm-hmm. that was a little like I got creepy creep. Yeah, and I couldn't, I couldn't decide that. if that was just because of how we're conditioned now in what right. we see, or if that was actually coded for that. See? Because it's hard for me to tell, because I don't watch a lot of film from that era. Yeah. And the coding is completely different. Mm-hmm. But, and it's also, but the thing is, it's also true that I'm sure that stuff did happen. Yes. Absolutely. And but is that how they portrayed exactly. it on film? Exactly. Is mm-hmm. that what they were trying to put in that scene, or if it... Or because because I I ended up eventually just going okay she's trying to decide are you well off do you yeah have exactly money? and that's what I ended up with too but like if it were made today there would yeah, totally that have been there about would that. totally it wouldn't be about money it would be about no. are you gonna be my friend yeah exactly mm-hmm. so exactly. yeah I was actually really refreshed that it didn't go, go there, there. <laughs> yeah you know I I mean at, 
I was also like, okay, this is this is Hayes code, so it can't really yeah, it can't go there, really, but, but it could if they were going to be like, look at these deviants, and then they died. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is yeah, very very Hayes code. Yeah, I'm I I want a sequel to this movie so bad, just but, to yeah, <laughs> but kind of I want a Hayes code sequel because it would be awesome if Marie ended up being the chick that threw um coffee on Lee Marvin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like I could totally yeah. see her becoming that girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, one of the other things that fascinates me about this movie is it's not a typical Hayes no, code. No, no, it isn't. No, I was, I was waiting for it. I was, because this is, as we know, this has been my big complaint with every film we've watched. I've been like, well, it's Hayes Code. I know exactly where it's going. Yeah. I didn't know. Uh-huh. I was waiting for it. I'm like, is she going to get hit by a car in the street? How are mm-hmm. we going to haze this? Like, and or the like, closest we come to it is keep her file active. She'll be back. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. the only thing they go... She'll be back. She's making a bad decision and she'll pay for it. It's, you know, it's laid out. It hasn't happened yet, but it's going to. She's still Mm -hmm. going to get it. So, like, that was as close to, like, getting really his code. Yeah. You you are, they let the protagonist walk off into a life of crime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, you know, started out as she was a victim of circumstance. Yeah. Into full on life of crime. By do the you way. do you think they got it through that way because they had all the? Do you think they they pitched it to the Hayes Code people as this is to show that we need harsher prisons and like the matron was right and like do you think they like whether that was actually what they said or not but that like they used that sort of angle. It's like, you can use this to tell us to say that all these people who are being nice to the prisoners are wrong. I I don't know if they necessarily needed to do that. No, it's not the message I got. So I don't, I don't, I'm going to give the people, the Hayes people some credit and assume that they didn't watch that film and come away with a different message. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's entirely possible. I I guess I always, I I always envision the Hayes code kind of like those parole guys where they're just looking at the papers. That's what I was thinking. I don't, I don't, when I think of Hayes code guys, like I'm not even thinking that they're meeting with the director. I just think they're reading a letter and like have excerpts of the script. Mm -hmm. Because that way you could totally, if you were just describing this, you could totally describe it as like, oh, there's a prison, right? And we've got this matron and the matron gets killed by the prisoners meet, you know, and the commissioner's trying to get them to instill harsher, harsher restrictions in the prison. So like, yeah. if you pitch it that way, mm-hmm. Hayes Code would be like, oh, yeah, let's mm-hmm. go. Hayes Code that up, you know? Mm-hmm. Although the message that we get from it, oh, where, the, which where, the message no, no, is like, but uh, the message that we do get from it with the superintendent was right, and if we just did more for these women mm-hmm. and tried to actually help them instead of giving them every tool they possibly can to continue to repeat offend, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's the only recourse they have, the only way they get out is because somebody sets them up with a false job on the outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, literally, you've set them up to continue to do wrong. I feel like that message would hopefully would have been good enough. Yeah, my my guess is, um, unlike a lot of gangster films at the time, it, it's very clear that this movie is not advocating for life of crime. No, at no, all. it doesn't glorify yeah, it. It doesn't. You not have the lifer saying, "Yeah, don't, don't make my yeah, mistake. Yeah. Don't do it." Yeah, what she's I not repentant, <laughs> but she's like, you know. Yeah, I love her line. What I wouldn't give, give for, for a sink, sink of, of dirty, dirty dishes. dishes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was. That was actually really impactful, that yeah. line. Mm-hmm. It was, like, almost kind of buried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It felt like almost like it was 
not necessarily talked over, but it just kind of like faded into the scenery because the the next part of the scene starts up like right on its heels. Yeah. So it was kind of like one of those, if you weren't really listening for it, you missed it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so many lines like that. Though. Yeah. I mean, it's the, 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 the movie is very episodic. You know, you, mm-hmm. you've got the kitten, you've got the prison riot, oh, you've got the kitten. The, the kitten. It, oh, poor kitten. Oh. But, I know. Uh, but we saw the kitten move in the shot, so we know it's No, no, I, I knew that. <laughs> I know kitten, we didn't really yeah. kill a kitten, but, but you know. As soon as, as as soon as they started, like she, she puts the kitten on the bed, and as soon as the rocket, all the rest of the girls start getting Ooh. in it, I'm like, oh god, the fucking kitten's yeah. dead. It's it's gonna be all this punishment for no fucking reason, yep. mm-hmm. just like the rest of the movie. Like it made yep. me like that kitten is how I feel about the movie. Like mm-hmm. you can try as hard as you fucking can. This is why we can't have nice things. Yes. <laughs> Kitten is a nice thing. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, cute little yeah. kitten. But but there are so many moments like the the sink full of dirty dishes line because mm-hmm. there are like two and three in every scene yeah. where there are so many loaded lines in this script. They they just impart so much meaning to this huge cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. And and it, there are. A lot of moments in the movie, it's like, wow, that's really melodramatic. The it's like super duper, duper dramatic. But there's this real core of mm-hmm. genuine, mm-hmm. which is what makes it work. Yeah, I don't know. Like, so there was the the scene where Marie is talking to her mother, and her mother just runs yeah, out because oh I won't give up my husband for your baby. Well, and and then the implication. Later, when she's with the parole board, she also won't give up her husband for her own daughter. Mm-hmm. Because if she would leave her See, husband, then she Marie would, would have a home to place. go to, and she would go get out on parole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's your stepfather won't have you, therefore there's no place we can well, send you. And I felt like the mom was trapped, too. Oh, I mean, yeah. certainly, certainly she yeah. was. But I mean, that scene where her mother is leaving and Marie is grabbing the the yeah. and she's screaming, "Mother, come back!" And that's that's when the, we get the un, the uneasy giggle in our room and going, "Oh my gosh, it's so melodramatic!" But I'm like, you know what? That's probably exactly the same way I would react. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I would be running, the grabbing thing. the yeah. mesh. I would be screaming, "Mom, come back!" Mm-hmm. Or or you know her total meltdown in front of the the parole board. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, the screaming I, in solitary that was really pretty that, genuine yeah that was harsh uh, I hated every man in this film well, yeah, yeah 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 I mean that's not totally unusual for me but like this was like wow no, like hands 100% down. of the yeah. men I couldn't find a redeeming quality for any of them no <laughs> not a single one I couldn't even go well you're just in a bad circumstance and you don't know better it's just a little bit no. of ignorance and we could fix you no you are you were just an asshole. Mm-hmm. I, there, there is no redeeming you, and I hope you it, get it, hit by a bus. The the, <laughs> the doctor who showed up. Oh yeah, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah, there, he's cool. The doctor was okay because he was like, uh, by the way, this infirmary sucks. And 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 Agnes yes, Moorhead I is like, bring it up to the medical board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Agnes Moorhead is like, you could file a report. Maybe I was, they'll pay attention. <laughs> I was scared that he was going to file a report and it would get worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah. scared that he that the that the powers that be were going to be like, oh, well, she's spending too much on niceties for these girls mm-hmm. and not fix the infirmary, and it just keeps getting worse. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. So that yes. was like a sliver of hope. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, the very smallest. How much of a badass was she, though, with the, give me my hearing, yeah. fire me, and I'll yes. have my public well, hearing. And then the very next scene, oh, look, nothing changed. Yeah. She's still well, in position. I don't know, because... because uh, well, she didn't get fired, is what I mean. Yeah. Well, I think it's still up in the air, because Marie leaves, and she says, good luck with your hearing. Oh, oh that's right. That's right. So I don't think, I don't think Agnes Moorhead is out of the water. You're right. Well, they probably extra super duper wanted the hearing because uh, <laughs> because the Lady matron was actually for- friggin' murdered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because she was so terrible, and everyone uh. testified that she had it coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, the the song from Chicago. I know, I know, I just went there. She had it coming. coming. She had it coming. <laughs> okay, this would never have happened to Matron Mama Morton, though. No, that's true. <laughs> Queen Latifah will put that shit down. That's right. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Suddenly, Sorry. I don't I want to watch. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Palate cleanser. Uh, <laughs> Appetit. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So yeah, yeah. Are we? Are we wrapping yeah, up? We're, I think we're uh, pretty good. We've been. We had a we've lot been to say about this. Yeah, lot. there's a wow. I really dense. thought I wasn't gonna have anything to say about this because I was just going to be so like. <sighs> <laughs> But then I found my words. <laughs> yay, yay. We love your words, Allie. Aw, thanks. <laughs> oh, so ladies, um, any any final thoughts about Caged at all? Go watch it. Yeah. Go watch it and realize this shit is still going on. Mm-hmm. In yeah. men and women's prisons. Yep. Agreed. Yes. Very good movie. So, dear listeners, uh, thank you for joining us on Real Education Noir. I have been Melissa, and we have been joined by... Tanya. And by... Allie. And the three of us will return in a couple weeks-ish with an episode about Red Rock West. (gasps) Yes. Okay, dear listeners, go track that one down. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoy our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a noir education. Thank you for joining us for a real education noir. New episodes arrive on the 7th and 21st of every month. You can find our podcasts and social media feeds on our website at realedunoir.com. Special thanks to Tim Wick, Jeffrey Brown, and Chad Dutton for our theme music. If you like our show, you might also like our parent podcast, A Real Education, which discusses all genres of film. You can find it on the web at realedu.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Dishes poison. Harper's pet nose. I'll tell Evelyn. Evelyn. Don't kid me. Harper's first name is Filth. <laughs>